Hello, everyone. Welcome to Van Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pete Costanz. This is episode 136, season six. Today's date is June 4th, 2022. And uh, thank you for joining me today. On today's program, I will talk about forgotten brands of clock radios. Uh, I'll talk about my memories of owning a clock radio. I still do. Also, I'll talk about uh, Mark Grace of the Chicago Cubs. Um, I have a story about him and uh, my memories of of seeing him. And um, just want to make a point: I, I'm not a sports fan, but uh, but this is very important. And I'd like to share with the uh, with sports fans about this story, and, and you would like that. Okay, so the program will go into a commercial break, and this program is sponsored by Libby's Canned Vegetables. And uh, when I play this commercial, you will recognize the jingle immediately. It is fetching, it is addictive, and you will not get this out of your head for hours. (laughs) Trust me. And I apologize for that. So here we go. When it says Libby's, Libby's, Libby's on the label, 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 nothing's better, better, better on your table, 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 cause we think you'll agree, it's hard to find a canned vegetable that's younger, tender, rounder, sweeter, redder, moister, brighter, crisper. On the Libby's label is a note that says we challenge you to find a better can of vegetables, but we think you'll agree, it's hard to find one that's younger, tender, rounder, sweeter, redder, moister, brighter, crisper, young. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, everyone, I am back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial for Libby's. Uh, give you a little brief history on that company. Uh, it's uh, founded in Chicago in eight. Uh, let's see, what's the date? Yeah, 1869. <laughs> Long time ago. Founded by uh, Arthur and Charles Libby, they were brothers, and uh, also Archibald McNeil. So it was Libby McNeil Libby. That was the name of the company first. And they began uh, canning meat products uh, or corned beef. That's what they started from, not vegetables. And uh, by 1880, it had about 1,500 employees in Chicago. That's amazing. And then in the 1930s, it grew to 9,000. I don't know where the plant or the headquarters was located. Uh, I didn't have time to research that. So, uh, you know, if anyone wants to comment, uh, please do. And then they uh, expanded to other countries uh, in the world, Germany, United Kingdom. And uh, also in 1970, it was acquired by Nestle. And they started uh, having frozen dinners marketed, just like Swanson's. They had a a mascot called Liberty Kid. In 1977, they had Juicy Juice. I think it's still around. I don't think I ever had it, so it's probably good. And then uh, it had been bought by other companies back and forth. And then then, uh, I think it closed. I don't know when the company closed here. I'm not sure. And uh, 
and now uh, the headquarters is in Geneva, Switzerland. And uh, I think you can still find brands in the stores. I think you do. Uh, I haven't checked lately, but it was a very uh, popular band when I brand, excuse me, when I grew up. And uh, I remember Fruit Float. You remember that? That's an old fashioned. That's a a forgotten dessert. You know, uh, I have a commercial somewhere, and I will talk about that in, in the future. <laughs> So uh, as when I played the uh, jingle, like I said, you can't get it out of your head. It's uh, very famous, very classic. Okay. At the beginning of the program, I said I was going to talk about uh, Mark Grace of the Chicago Cubs and forgotten brands of clock radios. I will talk about that first. Now, everyone in their lifetime has owned at least one clock radio. And... uh, the most famous ones that people owned were Zenith. And uh, I remember my first memory of that uh, is that when my parents got married in 1962, uh, on a whim, my dad bought a clock radio for my mom. And she didn't know about it. But I'm glad he did. He did the right thing. And it was brown. And it's like, it had two knobs and uh, it wasn't digital. So, and it had like an old fashioned clock and the radio, you know. On, so, one side was a clock and the other side of that was the radio stations displayed. And it was beautiful. And my my parents owned that for a long time. And, you know, they threw it away because it didn't work. But, you know, uh, I recently found one on eBay. And, uh, well, not recently. Uh, I think a long time ago. I'm, you know, forgive me. And uh, I wanted to buy it, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should have. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe it'll turn up again. Maybe I'll buy it. And it was beautiful. And uh, as when I grew up, I owned my own. Um, remember the flip ones where they showed the the time? You know, it was before digital. It just flipped like that, you know, which is kind of cool. And uh, other brands that I remember was West Clock, West Clocks, excuse me, Emerson, Panasonic, and Sunbeam. You know, also department stores had their own brands like Sears, JCPenney. Uh, then Sony came out, you know, from Japan. You know, they were imported. So we got that. And uh, all the stores uh, carry them, mostly appliance stores, like, for example, Pope Brothers or uh, in the 80s, Highland, Highland Electronics, Fredder. Uh, now Best Buy, you know, Best Buy now sells them. I believe so. <laughs> or you can get them on Amazon if you'd like. I still own one, uh, but it broke recently, you know, because I dropped it one time. But it still shows the time and all that. Uh, today, people use their iPhones, you know, if they want to, they set the alarm to wake up. You know, that doesn't look very decorative in your bedroom <laughs> to me. I, I don't use it. I can have a clock radio, you know, and you have your favorite radio stations to wake up. Also, right right now, you have the snooze button. That's kind of nice. And, uh, but the number one brand of those was Zenith, you know, made in Chicago. And, uh, Someone sent me an email and says, why don't you do a podcast episode about Zenith? And I said, yeah, I should. Uh, I haven't done one yet, but I will in the future. And I would dedicate the entire show about Zenith because it's such a, that company had a rich history and there was so much to, that has so much to cover. And I will do that 
you know, in the future, maybe soon, you know, just uh, keep your ears open. Right now, I'm going to play a commercial for Zenith Radio, radio, excuse me, from 1972. Uh, And then once that is done, I will come back and I'll discuss Mark Grace of the Chicago Cubs. So here is the commercial. Thank you. Suddenly, there's a whole new way of looking at radio. Introducing the Zenith Trendsetters. Everything from a wallet-style radio that plays open or closed to a self-charging table radio that converts into a portable. Even a digital circle of sound clock radio that surrounds you with sound. See all the new Trendsetters from Zenith, where the quality goes in before the name goes on. Okay, everyone, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed the commercial for Zenith uh, Radios. Uh, like I said before, Zenith uh, not also made radios, they also made televisions. And uh, I did own one, a couple of them, my family has. And uh, it's too bad the uh, brand's gone. Uh, I think they're now made by LG, I believe. It's not the same. So, and their quality was outstanding and it was wonderful everyone loved it and uh, you know the tvs were built like a piece of furniture you have them in your living room it looked beautiful now you want to watch television it's uh, a little different you know they're flat they're hd they're 4k they're nice they're gorgeous man you know but it's not that decorative also you can watch uh, shows on your iphone your ipad any electronic device now which is nice. It's convenient. It's not the same. But, you know, watching television in your living room is more comfortable. You lie down on the couch. You sit down. You can eat. You know, any, any getting stuff in your refrigerator. But the cool thing is that you, when you watch a TV program or on your DVR or Netflix, uh, you can pause it or go to the bathroom. Or if the phone rings or someone drops by unexpectedly, you could do that. So, uh, you know, and I said I will do a podcast episode about Zenith. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe tomorrow or uh, next week. So keep an eye on that. And your ears open. Okay. Next up, I will talk about Mark Grace of the Chicago Cubs. Now, you're probably asking why I'm talking about him. And, uh, you know, I have a story about him. He seems like a very nice fellow. And uh, when I met him, he was very nice. And uh, But I met him briefly. So there's a story about him. But first I will talk about uh, his biography and his career. Okay. So uh, his full name is Mark Eugene Grace, born in June 28th, 1964. No, his birthday's coming up. So he'll be uh, 58. <laughs> And uh, he was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And uh, but he, I think he moved. He moved to Tustin, California, and he played uh, baseball in high school and basketball. Then he uh, enrolled in San Diego State University, and then that's when he was drafted by the Chicago Cubs in 1985. And uh, he didn't play, he wasn't well known, he was just there, but then he made his debut on the, uh, with the Cubs on May 2nd, 1988. And uh, that was a 
classic lineup um, when he was on the team. There was Ryan Sandberg, there was Andre Dawson, Sean Dustin, and Sammy Sosa. And uh, and he was a, a good hitter. You know, and uh, let's see. Batting average was uh, .303. He had hits. He had 2,445. That's a lot. Uh, home runs, 173. Very impressive. And uh, runs batted in, 1,146. So if you're, uh, if you're a huge diehard baseball fan and you know like statistics and you know them on the top of your head that's amazing that's wonderful <laughs> you know i'm glad i uh contribute that <laughs> to explain you know uh just bear with me um like i said before i'm not a sports fan and but i find history of sports baseball basketball very intriguing and i like that because i did a podcast episode about ron santo uh few months ago that was interesting when i read his biography and all that i found it uh very fascinating he was a nice man he was wonderful okay and then uh so he was uh very popular in the 1990s and good player also uh here's the story about when i met him when i worked at my company Express travel uh we were affiliated with budget rent-a-car, rent excuse me. And they had some free tickets. They came over and says, look, we're giving away free tickets or we're going to have a raffle. Okay. At the time, I wasn't interested. I was too busy. And uh, so the one person wanted to go, but he had a family emergency and he couldn't make it. And so there was one ticket left. So he asked me, can you take my place? And I said, yeah, I could, but, you know, I won't. I figured maybe I won't enjoy the game, but you know, I didn't want to disappoint him, you know, because he, I work with him. He helps me. I help him. He was a good guy. And I don't, I don't like to do that to people. Okay. So I accept it. So I tell people, yeah, I'm coming along. And you know, people say, well, you're not into sports. I don't care. (laughs) Look, I'm doing this a favor for a friend, just okay. And a coworker. So I want to show, you know, that, uh, you know, shows, uh, set an example, you know, for that. Okay, so uh, there were about, how many people? Maybe 10. And uh, we got into uh, maybe a bus or a car. I don't remember, really. This happened 97, 98, I believe, around that time. And, yeah, so, yeah, it was like a shuttle bus or something. I, I don't remember how we got there. And we arrived on Wrigley Field, at Wrigley Field, excuse me. And that was the first time I ever went there. The very first time. I have been to Comiskey Park uh, in the 70s. And, uh, you know, because they had Greek night. (laughs) So there were a lot of Greeks, and I'm Greek, of course. And then we went there. That was fun. And uh, that was a fun park then. Now it's, uh, you know, they tore it down. Now it's guaranteed great field. Before that, it was cellular field. But uh, that's another story. I'll tell you about that. Anyway, back to Wrigley Field. So uh, we went to the Stadium Club. I think it was called Stadium Club. Yeah. Went to a restaurant first time. Uh, food was wonderful, you know, but there were people there that didn't want to eat or they're, they're persnickety and rude. I won't go into that. Anyway, once we got done, 
uh, eating, we went to the uh, to go to the bleachers and we sat down and uh, it was first time and I had a good view of you know the mound. And it was interesting. You know what? Um, I've, it was like a nice feeling because you're at a very famous landmark, a very famous place. And this is where the Cubs play. Okay. And uh, it was my first time. And you know what's funny? I don't know if people notice this. Maybe they do. That um, when you're at the ball game, and if you're a fan, you watch the game. You you observe closely. You watch, and then you watch the pitcher. You watch the batter. And if you are, you you don't say anything. You just concentrate on the game. That's what fan. That's to me. That's what a fan does. Not screaming, or you know, talking to someone, or jumping up and down, or getting drunk, <laughs> which I've seen that. I'll get to that in a second. And. Uh, so I was watching the game. I don't know who these players are, you know, because they don't announce who it is. You don't hear it. But you, when you watch television, you see the uh, the announcers say they mentioned their names and they show the names on the screen. Okay. So uh, I was actually, you know, I found it fascinating. But I had a couple people next to me and, you know, they did the dumbest thing. They drank before they got there. <laughs> I know they disappeared, but they must have had like two or three beers and they come back and they're slurring this speech and one almost threw up and, oh, that was horrible. And, you know, I told them, I'm watching the, I'm watching the game. And they said, well, we didn't come here to, get, we didn't come here to watch the game. We came here to get drunk. <laughs> what a dumb excuse. Yeah, that was silly. Anyway, now once the game was over, uh, I did see Mark Grace play. I did see him. Then, when the game was over, then we were headed to, uh, you know, to the bus to go back to uh, the, to our office. Mark Grace was outside signing autographs. You know, that was unusual. I don't know why he was doing that. He was signing the balls, and he was greeting people. That was amazing. So I don't know why. I never, from what I understand, some people tell me they don't. Baseball players don't really go out. Uh, Outside, you know, outside the field or go like to meet, but he did for some strange reason. I don't know why. I don't know what that was about. And someone said, why don't we go meet him? And I said, okay. So we did. And there he was. And I shook his hand and I told him, I, I didn't tell him I'm not a fan. I don't want to put him in the spot and uh, do that. I just lied. But uh, I told him who I was. And uh, I said, you're a very good player. He said, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming. He was very gracious, you know, very, and uh, asked who my name was. And I told him, Picastas. And he says, oh, you're Greek. And I said, yes. And I said, oh, I love Greek food. <laughs> I had, it's my favorite. It is one of my favorites. And uh, that's, uh, well, that took me off, that uh, took me off guard, you know. I asked him, what's your favorite meal? He likes, and he says, souvlaki. I said chicken or beef? Beef. <laughs> Excuse me. So that was that was funny. And, uh, you yeah, know, that was nice, you know. And uh, I guess uh, I never knew. I don't think a lot of people didn't know. And uh, if I ever run into him, I don't know if I will. I don't think he'll remember me. I doubt it because he's met many people in his life. So, but I did. I remembered this conversation with him. And it was uh, beautiful. Beautiful indeed, you know. 
And uh, so that was my first time at Wrigley Field for the Cubs. I never went again. You know, uh, I never was invited. I never, my brother's been there many times and the Sox, but he's a Sox fan. You know, but uh, I don't know. Diehard fans, it's like when you talk to them, they don't listen. That's not every sport. That's fine. You know, and uh, when they won the World Series, uh, I'm happy for them, but, you know, I don't get into that. (laughs) It's nice, but it's very historical. All right. Now, getting back to Mark Grace, uh, he played for the the Cubs from 1988 to 2000. And then... uh, he signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks with a six million two year contract, and uh, I don't, I won't go into that. So, and uh, he was still a Cubs, but uh, he got a better offer, and he played for two years. Okay, and uh, his number was number seventeen. Uh, you know his baseball uniform. And uh, he wore jersey uh, number 28 when he played for the Chicago Cubs. And uh, after that, uh, he played for two years, and then he retired in 2003. And he uh, stayed uh, Arizona, probably, and uh, did some coaching. And then he went to broadcasting, and uh, he did that for – for Fox Saturday Baseball for a couple of years. And uh, then off and on he did that. And then uh, I don't know what he does now. I think he's on the Marquee Sports Network. I believe he is. You know, he's an analyst. So uh, that's good. Here's a very, uh, here's some trivia um, that I never saw. I never saw this when I, uh, when I met him or saw him play. He smoked a lot. <laughs> even before the games, you know, but now it's like, uh, that's frowned upon, you know, not like the old days when you chewed tobacco and you spit it out. It's in the old days. And, uh, that's what he did. I, I'm sure he quit, but by, by now, who knows? So, uh, you know, but he was a good friend. He was a good guy, you know, very supportive, you know, and, uh, the fight, you know what somebody mentioned? When Ray Liotta died, the actor, died last week, someone mentioned that his wife married him in 1997 after meeting a Cubs at a Cubs game. Of course. So uh, I won't go into that. You know, that's too personal and it's uh, scandalous. And, you know, this is not about how this is it's kind of inappropriate. It's uh, inappropriate. Anyway, so uh, then he remarried, then he's divorced again, and uh, so I hope he's doing okay, you know, and I, I I love this memory of him when I met him, you know. I met a baseball player in person for the first time. Also went to Wrigley Field for the first time, so that's great. And uh, that's uh, that's my baseball story, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, you know, uh, uh, like I said before, I love talking about the history of baseball. It's very fascinating. You know, uh, I think I did a podcast about Ernie Banks. I didn't go much in detail about him, but maybe I'll do another one because he, he was wonderful. He really was because he was Mr. Cub. Still is. Okay. So that'll be all for today. Uh, I talked about 
Forgotten brands of clock radios, my memories of that. Also, Mark Grace of the Chicago Cubs. I want to make two announcements before I sign off. One, tomorrow is National Cancer Survivor Day, and uh, that's celebrated on June 5th, 2022. I'm a cancer survivor. I have been for eight months. I will celebrate that. I will post it on social media. So it's a wonderful day. And if you're a cancer survivor, please post and say you're uh, how many years cancer-free. That'd be awesome. I know a couple of people that I went to school with and people I go to church and they tell me about this and it's, it's awesome. Also, the second announcement is I have a new podcast. This podcast is called TV Oblivion, excuse me. (laughs) And uh, this is separate, what I do, and uh, this is very personal to me. I I will not go into detail now, but I will when when this new podcast debuted uh, today. And uh, it's about uh, TV shows that are obscure, forgotten, and rarely syndicated. Also, I'll talk about uh, shows that ran more than two years. They were very popular then, but they disappeared. They're not in the airways. Um, someone, when I posted this yesterday, somebody asked, are you going to talk about like uh, classic TV shows like I Love Lucy, Leave it to Beaver, um, Star Trek? I will touch on those a little bit. Yeah, because uh, they're still classic TV. They're not obscure. They're still around, but they're not widely watched like I watched them when I was a kid. Because the younger generation don't watch anything black and white or even before 1980. (laughs) They don't want that. So that's how. So I will will debut this program later on today. It'll be called TV Oblivion. It should be a lot of fun. And this is very personal to me. And I will talk about uh, why why I'm doing this. And you will understand. Okay. So this is Pete Costanas, host of Van Chicago Land Stories. Uh, the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I hope everyone have a good day. I'll probably do another episode tomorrow. I haven't decided what I'm going to talk about. Uh, get the, get the wheels turning, and uh, believe me, you won't be disappointed. It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you again. And uh, here's Ray Rayner with a little traveling music saying bye bye for now. And here's bye bye now for me. So so long, everyone. Take care. We have to go. Bye bye bye.